Welcome back to the Mackinac, Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. I'm Jared Scora. So we got a glimpse at Whitmer's plans for the budget in the next year, which she has proposed, uh, which essentially drains our $9.2 billion surplus down to effectively nothing. Uh, but going through all the details has been James Homan with the Mackinac Center, who knows what's going on. James is on our line. Welcome to the show. Hello, Kelly. So where what are the main over, overall numbers in this budget proposal that Whitmer has unveiled for the next year? I mean, what are the big picture things going on here? Well, that's a good question because I technically haven't even seen a bill about this because <laughs> this budget is unlike most governor's executive budgets in that the big priorities that she has is not for about what she wants to spend more on next year, but her priorities for spending more on this year. So it was full with of, uh, recommendations for increasing the current year's budget. And there just haven't been any bills introduced to, uh, uh, to, to justify that. But that's also kind of what we've seen from this governor already, where she has a lot of important fiscal policy priorities that don't necessarily wind up in the executive budget. Right, right. So, so what do we know about it? We know it. We know it drains an enormous surplus of nine point two billion dollars down to about two hundred fifty million dollars. That's a huge drop. Uh, where is where is all the money going? This is also a record budget, correct, James? Yes, it is. Uh, so the, there's actually only eight point five billion left because they already the, the first budget bill that they passed was going to spend seven hundred million in taxpayer dollars. So a little chunk of that's already been spoken. What's for. a billion yeah. dollars here, there, James? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, but outside of that, if you look at it, it uh, it's. Uh, their plans for that spending are, are spread among a number of things. So there are tax priorities. She wants to give exemptions to pension income, but not other types of income. She wants to use the tax code to write checks to households that uh, have children that are under specified uh, income amounts that reach all the way up into the middle class. It's the earned income tax credit. And those things are about around a billion dollars uh, by itself. Uh, she wants to put some more $1.1 billion into the rainy day fund. I think that's not a bad idea. Idea. Uh, but then there's all sorts of other things that are in the budget. So, for instance, $1.5 billion more towards the state's most profligate business subsidy program. And while we can talk and quibble about what are the governor's priorities should be, and, and budgets are always an example of prioritizing limited amount of revenues, but I think we should be shooting at something better, and, and that is to ensure that the budget grows at no more than the growth of the population plus inflation, uh, a target that we've called the Sustainable Michigan Budget Proposal. And this is important because our budget's grow a lot. It's $34.4 billion to $45.8 billion over the governor's term. That's 22% above inflation, and that is unsustainable. And that's just state spending, right? That doesn't count federal funds that the state That's correct. That's correct. In fact, uh, that's also surprising that we grew that much because you know there was that huge global pandemic in the middle of that mm -hmm. uh, where uh, revenue or our revenue estimators <laughs> expected that the state taxes were going to take a huge uh, huge dip. And in fact, they're way up. They're a lot more than we used to collect. And that's allowed the state budget to increase. Mm -hmm. But again, like these 22% uh, increase above inflation, that includes the recent spike in inflation. I mean, that's just unsustainable. And I want our lawmakers to be more careful about spending this budget, while the governor seems to have plans for uh, nearly everything that's not nailed down. Well, and, and one thing I noticed in this budget, James, is, is pretty much everywhere gets an increase. And um, um, 
I was I was at a meeting the other day, and and there's there seemed to be a philosophical. It was between Republican and Democrat. There's this philosophical difference of how to spend this money, and what it kind of came down to was, look, if you do a one-time spending, it's pretty easy to to pull back. If you do a one-time big project, um, I'm I'm more concerned about how much of this is kind of locked in and baked into a f- budget going further. Because what happens? Um, if we do see an economic downturn, if we do see a downturn in state funds? Yeah. Uh, so the one-time debate uh, is like we're going uh, where lawmakers have specifically said that this piece in the, of the budget that's only one time, you shouldn't expect it in the budget next year. It doesn't really work out for me because a lot of those one-time uh, expenditures wind up being recurring expenditures because budgets sure. are always mm-hmm. about political compromises among a limited amount of revenue. And the fact that it shows up in the budget one year shows that it's someone's priority. Sure, but if, now, if, some t- if you have where, you know, here's this one major, you know, we had four dam failures up up in Midland, you know, where, where you're living at. That's a one-time expense. If, if you were paying down pension debt or paying down other debt, I guess I saw that as a little bit more of a what people were getting at. Yeah, and, and some of the time th- that is the case. But let me give you an example. Is that every year at the last uh, last part of the budget, it's not included in the House pi- uh, passed budget, it's not included in the budgets passed by the Senate, it just shows up at the last minute before they vote on it, are these uh, programs called enhancement grants. These are district projects. In, uh, these are one-time expenditures, uh, but they wind up in the budget year after year. They're not always the same one-time expenditures. Uh, in fact, they, uh, they rarely are. But there are things that pop in the budget. And as long as the revenue that you're using to justify those one-time expenditures happens year after year and state revenues are up, mm-hmm. uh, saying that it's one time, and uh, which frees up money for more one-time projects <laughs> the following year, doesn't necessarily – or isn't, isn't, isn't a great example of, uh, of, of uh, sustainable budgeting. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the important part. Um, again, uh, we might label some things as one-time, uh, one-time priorities, but if the revenues that are justifying them recur each year and we're going to keep having those one-time expenditures, well, our budget can grow at unsustainable levels. Yeah, there will be a pinch point on that at some point, and uh, the rollback in the income tax is not going to be possible at all uh, if that happens. I-, I also thought it was interesting that um, some of the things that got huge increases uh, – uh, were education, and yet we have consistently increased education spending and had worse educational outcomes. It's clearly not a spending problem; it's a system problem with, with education. That was a huge, uh, you know, issue for the governor when she was campaigning. Another huge issue for the governor when she was campaigning was fixing the damn roads. And uh, while she did bond out a lot of money, uh, this budget, as I understand it, doesn't have that much money for roads in it. Yes, and this is kind of surprising to me because last year, uh, so the big the, the road funding debate over the past four years is whether you need to increase taxes to spend more money on the roads. Mm-hmm. And with Republicans saying, no, here's some more money, we can find it in the budget. And by the way, that's how we've nearly doubled road funding is finding it, uh, making it a priority for the state's growing resources. Mm-hmm. And the governor insisting on raising taxes in order to pay for it. And that stalemate led to uh, stagnant road funding amounts. Well, last year the governor agreed. And and put some more money in the budget in state funds to spend more on the roads. And so I was, I was thinking that maybe that would continue, and, and that would be important because right now we're so close 
to what ought to be lawmakers' goals. Like, the goal is not to fix every road in the state next year. It's to get us on the path where we're improving roads faster than they fall apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, It ensures that we're not overspending. It ensures that we're on on a path towards continual improvement so that we can get to a point where most of the roads are in good quality condition and we can do cost-saving measures of of preventative maintenance and that kind of thing. We're close to that level. We're just about at replacement level. It shouldn't take too much to get us over that over that, uh, uh, over that, um, uh, or get us past that goal, and you can do it with the revenue that the state has. Again, 8.5 billion sitting on the side. I would, I would hope that getting us to the point where roads are are put together faster than they fall apart should be an obtainable thing and a desirable thing for our new lawmakers. But it wasn't in the executive budget. Mm-hmm. So James, um, we're we've got a record high budget. Everyone's getting increases, so they're all happy, right? They're, uh, are, are all of our spending interests in the state satisfied with the amounts they're getting? What do you, what's going to happen next year if, if we have even more money for them? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question because when you look at the revenue estimates, uh, they've been up, they've been, they've ratcheted up, but that growth, that 22% increase over the past four years, it uh, they don't expect that to continue. And so the kind of gains that are in this budget are not likely to happen next year. And so if these uh, if our spending interests are expecting you know double digit increases in their line items, uh, the money's just not going to be there uh, uh, for them. Again, like these are some of the benefits of sustainability, so that you can make sure to increase the budget in, um, in, in, in pretty predictable ways, regardless of whether you're going to have an off year or not. Mm. Uh, so we'll see how, what that happens. But again, budgeting is, uh, is, is always a, uh, a matter of pr- prioritizing limited revenues among unlimited demands on state government. Do others... It's honestly weird that they find agreement for the budget at all, given, uh, given all the people demanding more money. Do, do other states have this sustainable state budget? Uh, there are some states that, uh, that do pass this. In fact, this was modeled over uh, over an effort that uh, that occurs in Texas, where for the past few years, yeah, they've insisted on spending less in the budget and then using the savings between uh, between what they had available in revenues and and their uh, limited budget increases to lower taxes in the state. So I'm hoping we can do this. In fact, had the uh, elections gone a different way last year, I think that would have been uh, a, a tax uh, a hefty tax cut would have been likely this year. Definitely a more responsible route. James Holman at the Mackinac Center, we've got to leave it there. Appreciate you coming on and outlining what's in Whitmer's budget proposal this year. And we'll be back after a brief break with more of the Mackinac Michigan show here on WJR.